It's a lot of blood. What went on in here? I can handle pee. I can handle poop. But blood? Mm, blood just does something to me. Here, hon. Help me mop it up. Sooner we get out of here, the better. You know, uh, cornflakes were invented to prevent masturbation. Didn't work. You clean that lab, you get out. The thing we keep in there is an affront. Do you know what an affront is, Zelda? Something offensive. That's right. And I should know. I dragged that filthy thing out of the river muck in South America all the way here. And along the way, we didn't get to like each other much. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Sweet Sweet Podcast. My name's Kieran, the host with the most. <laughs> and I, I, the hostess I with the mostess. I try to do my opening some kind of good banter. I just, I give up. <sighs> Anybody, welcome to Citizen Frame, the spoiler failed and harsh language podcast that uh, that crosses boundary. What is it again? Pushes the boundaries. Pushes the of boundaries. Good taste and decency. There you go. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> and that's just us. That's before we even talk about the films. This is very true. That's just the opening for Christ's sake. I can't get that <laughs> fucking out of the way. Uh, Jesus. Uh, um. Uh, I am joined with the usual band of misfits. Trevor, what's up? I'm good. Um, good cool. to be here as always, Karen. And Nula is back. Hey, hi. Um, yep, yep. Good. What is that? Your dulcet tones, Nula. Oh, it's good to be back, folks. I missed you. Yep. Just back with yep. a slightly heavier left hand. Um, so yeah. Were you fighting again? <laughs> it's the knuckle dusters, yeah. <laughs> I just think it's nice that the psych ward lets you out early. <laughs> uh, well, do you know what? The, the, they're just very in time kind. For Halloween. The new, the new my birth. Well, yeah, <laughs> new my birthday was coming up. They're like, oh, let her, let her get a bit of sunlight. So, I might, am I for, am I for the the week? <laughs> <laughs> get your weekend weekend pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to do the podcast then back in. That's uh, it. Today we are talking. I guess you can say it's an art house horror film. It is the second. Uh, I don't know if it's really a horror film, but they're they're categorizing it. It is the second horror film to win the picture for best the win the Oscar for best picture. The first one was Silence of the Lambs, and obviously we're talking Shape of the Water. Uh, this is um, Guillermo del Toro's crowning achievement. I don't think it's his best work, uh, but we'll dig we'll dig it deeper into that as the conversation goes. All right, so let's talk about the film. It's really. <laughs> I'm just dying to hear what you think here at this point. It's not a horror film to me. It's no, really, it's, not. it's really about it's a it's a fish out of water story. And <laughs> I come, I I couldn't stop laughing when I was saying it. That's so funny, fish out of water. Okay. Uh, what works? What doesn't? Let's get this. Let's talk about the set. Okay. It obviously takes place around the fifties. Uh, um, Nineteen sixty-two. Nineteen sixty-two, late fifties. Yes. Late fifties. Nineteen sixty-two. Nope. Not the late fifties at all. <laughs> I I round around. I don't round. You know. 
the actual date needs to force me set out. All right, it's mid twentieth century. Yeah, there we go. The year is twenty twenty one. So we have. Uh, let's get this up. The city. There's a lot of green. Yeah, the color palette in this is all is different shades of green, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very um, handmade teal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I never watched handmade teal. Mm, yeah. Okay, so the set. Let's talk about the set. Very beautiful, gorgeous set. And when it comes to his work, he um, he's flawless. When it comes to his set designers and so forth, he puts a lot of care. And he, he's very. He's got a very Tim Burton style to uh, his sets. Well, they show this. The movie theater, by the way, is, is fucking incredible. I love the movie theater in this. Um, it's called the Orpheum, which is a famous. That's why a lot of cities in the states have famous older theaters called the Orpheum. Right. The Orpheum um, or the Orpheus? Is it the Orpheum? It's called the Orpheum, isn't it? I don't know. It's the Orpheus. I'm pretty sure it's the Orpheum. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. But I could be either way, it's, it's an, an old, Orpheum. It's an old school it, cinema. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Lovely. And you get the you get the shot of you know, uh, uh, the landscape of the, of the city and. Uh, it reminded me of it. I know I'm dating myself here or I'm, or I'm doing something like an obscure reference like Trevor does. <laughs> um, but but trust me, it's not David Lynch or Doctor Who. <laughs> um, it reminded me of a Dark City. I don't know if anyone remembers this film, yes. Dark City. Yeah. Um, very, uh, God, I want to say... It's pulpy. It's noir. Yeah, noir, yeah. but it's got a... I just had the word in my head, and now it's gone. It's not a pulpy <laughs> film, but it's, you know, it's, I mean, and, and as I say, it's to me, it's definitely not a horror film. It's very much whimsical fantasy. Yeah, I think uh, Guillermo del-, del Toro, I'm sure I butchered that name there, said himself it was like a, like a fairy tale for adults. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Well, that's for the that's 20th, pretty much 21st what it century. Is. Yeah, it's like a retelling of that, um, which he takes a lot of inspiration from Creature from the Black Lagoon, if you actually just look at the creatures, it's oh, pretty yeah. shocking actually yeah, how similar they are. Yeah, it's basically Gilman from uh, Creature, the Creature films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, played, you know, it's, it, we talked um, in one of our podcasts not too long ago, and it's uh, escaped me what it was about, but I mean, what what podcast it was, but we talked about the, per, the person behind the mask, and now people think that you put somebody behind the mask, there's not much work to it. No, Doug Jones uh, is I, incredible. Yeah, Doug Jones is the guy who's kind of he's almost like the uh, lo, oh, is it Lon Chaney? Yeah, the go to um, guy for for that kind of shape character, yeah. like tall, he's a big, tall, slender, chap, yeah. yeah, yeah. But just because, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he has the physique for a lot, and he, he's in every single Detroit, uh, Glamour films. Yeah, he pretty much. Good yeah, most of. Most of the creatures from Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. Billy Butcherson from Hocus Pocus. He's in Star Trek mm-hmm. Discovery as well. He is in Star Trek, yes. Bring up Hocus Pocus. He's a silver you know, surfer they're, too. They're like filming, they're, they're a sequel for that shit. Which one? Hocus Pocus just wrapped. The Bette Midler one? Did you say that yeah. shit? Excuse me? Oh, it's horrible. horrible. <gasps> Kieran, um, are we going to have to do this in in our hol- Halloween? Hold on. No, it's too late. That's good. No, no, no. We're, our listening audience because has a big treat coming for Halloween. Oh, um, yes. I mean, it's not hocus fucking pocus. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, <laughs> you missed that boat last Halloween? 
Um, yes. Yeah, but my point, my point being is that Doug Jones puts a personality, even though he's in a suit. Yeah. Um, and he's always done that for all of his characters uh, that he's been given the roles he's done. But this role, he, but this particular role, he has gone above and beyond. Because I'll tell you right now, even though it's a man in a suit, you, I really feel for this character. Um, we'll call him Aquaman. And do you not? How do you guys feel about your perception of the actual Aquaman? Yeah, I mean it, it's. Um... I mean, as I was saying there, it's uh, there's a lot of sort of actual acting by Doug Jones, um, physical acting, uh, almost like mime. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's 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 bang on. It's uh, just a lot to do with the body language, really. It's like if you have a pet, you can it can convey emotion to you through its body language. It's the same with with him. He's just in a suit, you know. It's a um, shot. And he does as well. that really. He does that really. Well, you know, he doesn't over dramatize it. It's just we subtle motions, which mm-hmm. he's brilliant for. Um, which, which again, if you look at another Del Toro movie, Pan's Labyrinth, uh, Fawn. Yeah. Uh, he he again just the kind of subtle movements and that too that he brings to the character that just brings him to life. He's such a fluid or fluid body motion. He's I, I'm a big fan of Doug Jones. I think yeah. he's brilliant. Well, time for another obscure reference. Um, oh God! What I'm this, done. I'm what this, done. <laughs> what this puts me in mind of is Mads Mikkelsen's portrayal of Hannibal Lecter in the TV series in recent years. Mads Mikkelsen mm. is actually a okay. trained what the f- um, dancer. Yeah, that, thank you, dancer. What the fuck? And um, his movements in that series as Hannibal Lecter were, were very subtle as well. They were all very graceful. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a similarity there. You know, it's about the way they move, the way they sort of, you know, mm-hmm. um, move their body and stuff. It, it, it's mm-hmm. it's it's, a, it's a, an art form, an acting art form in itself. That, yeah. that type of work. Um, that's actually kind of leads on to the to the girl who played Eliza. Um, she had Sally to study a, a load of yeah. yeah. She's she's a great actress. But um, Del Toro got her to study a lot of the old silent movies um, and see how they acted and stuff for that role, you know, so she could kind of portray that all through her face and and her body motions too, although she wasn't covered in a suit. You know, the two of them are kind of parallel in that. Yeah. Yeah. They play it like a dance. Yeah. And she has like, you bring up silent movies, that's funny because she does have that Faye Ray kind of quality. Yes. Yeah. um, To her. And speaking of, since we're talking about the cast, we got a, uh, pretty much character actors who finally get, you know, uh, kind of a big, uh, bigger role. Um, I love Michael Shannon, anything he does. Um, I always know him as Zod. He has a great presence. Uh, <laughs> you got Michael Shannon, Octavia Spencer, who I love. She she's always brings a little comedic charm. Yeah, she's a good uh, actress. To her roles. Uh, Richard Jenkins is always nice to see. Um, and then you had Michael Stolberg. He's kind of an up and coming. He plays Hallsteller, yeah. and you have all. And those are pretty much the only handful of characters I have. And what I liked about it, it's not. It's pretty simplistic in the storytelling. Mm. Um, well, well, I mean, I don't usually watch films about bestiality, but I'm only joking. Well, yeah, yeah uh, see. That, I mean, yeah. I don't want to give away. Well, it is a major spoiler, you know, for the ending. So technically, it's not about bestiality. Well, you know? here's uh, let's let's dive to it. Okay, let's uh, quickly. 
let's start with the meet and greet. <laughs> yeah. Meet and greet. So I all like I said, we did, I mentioned about how I was always disturbed about uh I felt sorry for the, uh, the Aquaman. Yeah. And when I see that cataprod and he's like covered in all these bloody wounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. It is a hard watch when you're introduced to him at the first time. And now he's being pretty much tortured and beaten yeah. by this uh, piece of shit. Uh, his name is Strickland, played by Michael Shannon, of course. Um, played so well. <laughs> he he plays it. Yeah, because in the beginning, you kind of... Uh, he wasn't over the top. Mm. But he... Let's, let's get this part out of the way, because we're not going in sync anyway, so I don't give a shit. Yeah. His character had the weirdest arc. Yeah. And I talk about arcs all the time. I don't. Okay. He gets his hands. Really he he, yeah. he gets his hand. He gets his. Um, he's talk. You know. He, he's talking to the girls, um, Elsa and Zelda, uh, during the duration of the film. In the first half, he seems pretty charming and a nice enough guy. But then he gets starts getting a little more a douchebag. Mm. What I don't get. When he finally gets a little bit comeuppance from Aquaman, when he loses his, he gets his two fingers chopped off, and he gets him restone back on. Right? Mm-hmm. What is the story with the fingers? Well, uh, as far as I'm aware, uh, um, if someone gets their fingers ripped off or whatever, they can attempt to sew them back on. No, no, but sometimes no, it doesn't that. take. No, 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 no. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I'm not a doctor. <laughs> you know, you put him on ice. But do you notice how there's a, he, he eventually just rips them off? Yeah. And because obviously he knows. But as the fingers, if you notice, what I meant was the the fingers aren't, because back in 62, that. Um, they weren't attaching it, fingers back Yeah, then. this was still experimental. Mm. But the fingers were getting black. You know, yeah. and obviously, yeah. you know, they're going to, obviously, you got to take them off if that happens. Mm-hmm. But as his fingers were becoming deader, I guess you could say, yeah. he, his persona changed. It's a visual representation yeah. of the t- him turning bad and evil. His journey into darkness as his mm. fingers were getting darker. Okay. Mm. That's it. I, I thought that's what it was because when I was in the beginning, yeah, he was brutalizing Aquaman and I understand the character but again he's just, he's just a guy doing his thing and he was pleasant to everybody but once this event happened to him he started changing well yeah because he also then has a personal grudge against the creature mm-hmm. you know it ripped off his fingers but what I loved about the character it's later revealed that technically well yes he is an asshole but he's been made into an asshole by his superiors, you know, the, the sort of colonel guy or whatever he is, you know, and the, for, for him to keep his job or whatever, he has to be an asshole. He's basically made by the... He, he's been created by the machine. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I got I think you. he's. I, got I think he is, to, just in general, an asshole. Yes, but, <laughs> yes, but, but it's we're, ramped we're, up to... Oh, to, oh God, I... But in, in, in how they portray him from from the very beginning, you know, he's got the face and he looks the part, you know, the, the family man and he's a good guy and whatever else. But you're actually seeing behind the curtain and seeing that he's actually an, like he's not nice. Um, any Anyone that's different, he has an issue with, um, like the way he speaks to uh, the, the girl Delilah 
or Octavia's character. Her, um, what's her? Zelda. Zelda, thank you so much. I can't believe I forgot that. Um, but the way she, he kind of speaks to her and the way he speaks to Eliza about being the help, you know, the, sh- the shit scrubbers, the piss cleaners and all this here. Like he has a real... Yeah, there's 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 racial undertones with this there's character, that. and also mm-hmm. misog- misogynistic undertones, and basically uh-huh. you know, they're not at him as well because he is, you know, this sort of um, sort of scientisty, um, super, you know, boss, government guy, and they're just the cleaners, yep. basically. So you know, he's looking and, down their nose at them, and, um, and the time that that's set and all too, you know, yeah, he's, before he's... before the civil rights protests and stuff, you know, exactly quite a heavy time in America. So, them showing this creature as, and Del Toro again speaks about them being others, you know, yeah. and how they're being mistreated and stuff kind of is a sign for the times. Well, I think then. the, the piggyback on what you're saying, Nola, um, the whole film deals with the certain select characters. Mm-hmm. You had Sally Hawkins, who is pretty much just a, a homebody recluse, very shy. You have Michael Shannon, who is the authority figure. You've got Aquaman, who is, you know, could yeah, be a race of some kind, could be a race yeah. of some kind, whatever. You got Octavia Spencer, who's the black character, uh, who's dealing with racism, especially in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And then you got Richard Jenkins, who's gay. Yep. Um, and then you got Michael Stolberg, who plays during the time the Cold War and all was going on. So he plays the Russian spy, which, believe it or not, is probably. The most decent character. <laughs> yeah, the great, the, the great thing, the great thing about the writing in this, um, especially with the you know the Michael Shannon character, is that he actually has motivations to behave like an asshole, and that mm. he's um, getting his balls bust by you know his superiors and stuff. Yeah, you know, and the government. Um, there's the Cold War going on, plus the fact that the creature has ripped his fingers off. So he ha- he has actual proper motive. While he there may have been he may have been a bit of an asshole anyway. I think we can all be a bit of an asshole at times. But with everything that happened to him and, and everything that was going on around him, it just really um, brought out the the major league asshole in him. <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, he was having a shit week. Like, there's no two ways about it. <laughs> Anyone would go a bit mad after that kind of week. Yeah. Um. Do you guys notice the, I the uh the Italian score? Yeah, the score's very. Yeah, it was very. It's very Italian, and I don't know where the why he picked Italian. See, this is some of the issues I have with the film, but we'll come to them later. Okay. Well, yeah, he plays this Italian score through the whole film. You know, like someone's playing the harpsichord. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that kind of threw me off a bit. And it didn't really suit the setting, especially if it's yeah. early 60s America. Um, so I, I kinda, it kind of threw me off because it's very quirky. Yeah. You know, again, Tim Burton does that a lot, but his stuff is quirky and he uses Danny Elfman to tell that. Um, but I thought the Italian uh, score just, just, Seemed out of place. I didn't really rate the score, to be honest with you. Um, it didn't. It was just there for the me. Score, yeah, the score for me is one of the issues I have with it. Overall, I find the film, along with the score, while it's very well made, there's no doubt in that, and yeah. you know, very well written and put together and stuff. I, for my own personal tastes, I just found it a bit too schmaltzy, and you know, I I like darker, edgier stuff, and this was a bit too. Um, nice, for want of a better word, you know. Obviously yeah, God forbid you watch something that that's nice, you sick I, bastard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I have to say as well, the film from start to finish was obviously it's pure Oscar bait. 
you know. Mm. They, oh, they, that's not fair. That's not fair. Oh, no, is. that's not fair. You can. You're saying that. No, 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 no. I would no, also say that um, Del Toro has made much better films, including The Devil's Backbone and Pan's Labyrinth. It, now, I, I'm, I, I'm, it's still a, still a very good film, I admit, but I, the, I, I, I am a nitpicker, and they are the, 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 some of the things that did sort of... He's uh, been trying to make this film for years. Yeah. He's been trying to get this off the ground for years. and um, It's just and the impression all, I got. I mean, it could be wrong, all, obviously. All of his stuff is... is um, like Pan's Lab is the perfect example. That was nominated for, I think, Best Foreign Film. Yeah. Um. Then you know, and so he's always had, but he doesn't. He, this guy never goes in mind. Hey, I want to get an Oscar. All of all of his. No, no I'm not no, talking about. Well, maybe not um, Del Toro himself, but maybe the you know, obviously he was the director and stuff. Um, but you know, maybe the, the writer as producer. A whole, maybe he was having <laughs> yeah, but maybe he was you know maybe the studio were sort of um sort of making this Oscar bit. I I um don't get me wrong, Del Toro is a genuine deal. You know, he, he is um, an artist. Um, but, you know, it just the way it came across to me, it felt like Oscar bait, I, I have to admit. And I, I much enjoyed his, his previous films. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it could be wrong. It, it could be just my... I'm I, I, I'm cynical, you have to remember. Mm. You know? You're just saying that because he got the Oscar. Not at all. I because mean, you could, yeah, bullshit. Because you would say the exact same thing with Pan's Labyrinth or you say with that horrible, he did that horrible film. One of the worst the ones ever made. No, no, that is no. I didn't say piece <laughs> of shit, piece of shit. No, it was called Crimson Peak. Oh, I haven't seen Crimson Peak. Yeah, uh, but no, completely. No, but, but, but for me, the Del Toro definitely has he, made much better. He, he picks his, for my own personal tastes. I mean, yeah. Pan's Labyrinth, for example, and I think the political stuff um, with like the Pan's Labyrinth, you know, to do with the Spanish Civil War, the same as the Devil's mm-hmm. Backbone, are. Um, I don't know. The 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 feel more much more realistic or something. You know, I think uh, that. that see, uh, you're you're, not, you're seeing a completely different film. I mean, I just mentioned it. Yeah. All these different characters are dealing with relevant issues that were in that time frame. The '60s, you had you know the racism. Yeah. Uh, the gay. You had you know all, all uh, the Cold War. You had all this tackled in this story. And so I completely, I think you missed the boat on this one. No, no, no. Some... I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I get what we're trying to do. And, and you know, like as I say, you know, it is a good film. But for me, I just felt he, he, you know, that his previous films, which handled sensitive subjects and political subjects, were, were better made. And in fact, um, they deserved Oscars, I think, more than The Shape of Water. Hmm. Now, did you uh, catch... And I might have missed it. She has these little scars on the side of her neck. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It, it's discussed at first, at, at the start, where um, it's um, the Shannon character says, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you were found, you were like an orphan or something. And um, you had these weird scars on, on your neck. What's that effect? Um, Did you say she was found by a river? Yes, that's right. Yes. Because yes. I'm thinking to myself, as I'm sure you're aware, we'll discuss it um, <clears throat> toward the end of the movie. I'm kind of in two minds about what actually happened to her. Like, as they said, yeah. her neck was cut and her voice box um, was damaged. So that's why she couldn't speak. But then, is that what happened? It, or was, it, she, was, she, was, she, was she washed ashore away from her little merman, mer, mer <laughs> folk family, you know? We're calling him Aquaman. Aqu- a- her her aqua, aqua family. Family, yeah. I didn't catch that. 
I mean, uh, no I got direct. a question about the, yeah. I certainly got the question about the ending, uh, which we'll certainly get to. Mm. Let me ask you this. Let's talk. So, is that why the sudden attraction when she meets him? Because the minute she meets him, obviously she feels, she feels sorry for him like a pet because mm. it's wounded, and she starts feeding him. But there's almost an instant attraction there. Yes. Yeah. Well, so is there you something know, I'm missing? It's all well, suggested. In, in like fish terms, if you're laying a load of eggs out to to a male fish man, you know you're pretty much like, "Hey, boy, what's going on?" Yeah, you know. So he's it's obviously hev- taking yeah. the bait, and he's been it's, like, "Okay, I'm, 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 I'll take your eggs." It's heavily suggested. It's heavily suggested with the ending that basically she was a fish woman all along. So she, so she found her Nemo, <laughs> and there were clues littered through it. You know, with the like the scars on her neck, and See, the fact that they're attracted and they're basically shagging. Mm-hmm. And she's in the bath a lot. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. that that said, you know, she's, she's a face woman. She's, yeah, she's very involved with water and all, and you see that her how she's kind of moving the water on the window pane on the glass and stuff, you know, with her fingers. So she has like a a relationship with water already. I I, I like I'm not gonna lie. A lot of this movie was very predictable for yeah, me. I agree. There, okay. I, like I seen every wee bit coming, and like there was no surprises for me. What really would have surprised me, to be honest with you, is if her and the fish man didn't actually get together romantically and they were just friends and she's seen she had a kinship with him and whatever and helped him f- like fucking free willy you know what i mean <laughs> but like, freed his willy all right oh, well, like, <laughs> fish willy fish willy fish sticks yeah <laughs> like fish sticks um but uh yeah you know i would have liked to have seen that like no no joke whenever i seen her Obviously, they they work to to help him escape a situation. Um, but he, you know, her jumping into a bathtub with him and sleeping with him, right? That's They're, really that that. Yeah, I was like, no, nope, Rook- thank you. I was like on board with this wee movie <laughs> until this part. The bestiality. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. How come people can sit there and watch Beauty and the Beast? Because Beauty, because Belle much, doesn't have Vogue. sex with Beast in his Beast form. He transforms actually, into a human yeah. after True Love's first kiss. Because, oh, or no, no, it wasn't even a kiss. She's sitting crying over him. She's in love with him, and she says that she loves him. And he transforms into at, at a the human. end of the Shape of Water. To be fair, it is confirmed that she is a fish woman as well. So it's technically not bestiality, although it's set up as that first early. Um, Aha! I want to go, Nula. Yeah, yeah um, but, to, to mm. go back to what Nula said about the predictability of the plot, again, yeah. that is that sort of backs up my theory that it was sort of possibly Oscar bait. Yeah, well, I mean, to me, the films should, as Quentin Tarantino said, you know, films should always subvert your expecta- expectations mm. and should always shock you and surprise you. Yeah, you I know? didn't get any of that in this movie, to be fair. Yeah. Um, the other characters, like... Well, you do get it. You do get a little resolve. I think all the characters get a little resolve. Yeah. Um, which is nice to see. Usually you introduce a series of different characters and you don't get, there's no really no, um, you know, ending, I guess you can say, uh, to their arc. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I think the movie plays well like that. So technically, I felt sorry for Giles. Um, when he always goes to the pie shop. 
Yeah, Ock, that was yes. that was a that's rough a hard scene, scene to watch. Mm-hmm. It but is. He takes it the wrong way. Um, you know the guy who works there. Oh well, he didn't take like Giles reached out and took his hand and was like, "I'd like to get to know you better." Yes, you yeah, know, but the and, guy and behind the counter took it the wrong way. Yeah, or sorry, sorry, Giles actually took his friendliness <laughs> towards him the wrong way. Yes, yeah, he he misread it, and and the guy kind of freaked out, and this came pretty much at the same time where he was. There, there was um, an African American couple come in, yeah, and yeah. they were refused access mm-hmm. to 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 eat there, um, and it was really, it was horrible. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a nice scene to watch. Um, yeah. yeah, but, but it was certainly, it was certainly you know of the time. Yeah, you know, oh, of, absolutely. Of the period, you know? Yeah, because the guy um, before he kind of turned. Um, was a very pleasant human being. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was very nice and always welcoming uh, Giles and then uh, to get rejected so horribly. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, yeah. Um, and that's what I like about it because you do have all these different characters and you kind of get to know them, all of them. Well, Obviously yeah. The- there's actually a, a brilliant line by Giles where he says, you know, that he thinks he was born out of time, you know, in the wrong time, in the wrong era. And maybe, you know, if he'd have been born later, yeah. he would have been you know, his, you know, homosexuality would have been more accepted and stuff, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think the film tackles, uh, quite a few things. Sometimes some of them get a little bit lost. Um, the Russian guy who, who sadly gets it. Dimitri. Um, Dimitri. Well, yeah. Or Hofsteller or whatever his name yeah. was. I can't remember. So he gets it. And then when, okay. So at the end, when they're going to escape, um, and this is the ending that we all got to question. So she gets shot, he gets shot. We know he's got you know super Aquaman skills, so we know he'll be okay. So he drags her body into the water, and they disappear. And at the end, there's this glow, and you see her little scars on her neck become gills. Mm-hmm. Um, so the theory is she's known him the whole time. That's why there was that traction there. Yes. Yeah, they're both they're both uh, fish people. Um, they're mutants from Futurama universe uh, that lived in Sears. Well, actually, and somehow ended up <laughs> down oh, different lanes. Apparently, lying. there was a cut scene at the very end where together um, as fish people they swim off and hook up with the mermaid from the lighthouse. And they go on adventures together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and freaking Daryl Hannah Harris. from from Splash yeah, comes Splash in too. Well. Just like, hey, yeah, and the little Tom Hanks in tow. Yeah, while while Robert Patterson masturbates in the background. <laughs> yes, yeah. Jesus, rubbing his wee wing, mermaid. Oh, yeah, sad, the sad thing is, fucking Trevor would be like, "Oh my god, this is art." He probably would. I'm going to see that again. Yeah, fucking hell. Uh, well, I, I'm shocked, Neil, that you're not a big fan of this. In all fairness, um, um what's it, your final thought on this? I'm, I was curious about your opinion because you like you like fantasy, like you know, I, uh, I do. And, and so I do. Forth. I like the world. Um, it kind of the kind of bleakness of the world put me in mind a wee bit of Little Shop of Horrors, just with how things looked. You know, the kind of color palette and things like that almost reminded me of that a wee bit. Um, I and and Del Toro is brilliant for painting a really vivid 
world, you know, and it always looks a wee bit different. So it's always going to look beautiful. But I just, I as I said, I found it very predictable. And that's the letdown for me. You know, like I started watching it and it's like, oh, it's Beauty and the Beast. Uh, oh, yeah, that's uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, oh, right. Th- so she's oh, he's obviously going to survive because it said he's a god. So whenever he gets shot, he's okay. You know, there, there's going to be no problem there. Each each step of this movie was very predictable for me. Whereas if I look at the likes, and I'm going to compare it to, toward the likes of Pan's Labyrinth because that's my favourite uh, Del Toro movie. There's a lot in Pan's Labyrinth I didn't see coming. Like there were so many wee surprises and wee things that you didn't expect where this was kind of everything was up on a platter for you. You know, like... And that kind of, that bummed me out a wee bit. Beautifully, beautifully shot. Um, great acting. Um, but yeah, a wee bit of a disappointment. All right. Mm-hmm. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'm probably the minority here. I see more. I mean, I, I enjoyed it just because of all the characters and the, and the atmosphere itself. Mm. I, I didn't catch the fact that she was a fish woman. Um, oh. never, caught, never caught that. Did you um, did you think he had just opened the scars and turned them into gills instead? Yeah, like magic. Oh, all right, okay. With a weak glow. Yeah. Yeah, glow magic. He's G- got gill medicine yeah. or something. Another thing <laughs> that annoyed me, by the way, that I just have to make the point of is whenever they fill up the bathroom with the water, looks all fun and lovely and all, but like three towels along the bottom of the door are not going to hold that amount of water. Oh, I felt exactly the same way. Well, I think now... Like, the, the ceiling I, of that, the I, ceiling would have come through on top of them in, in the theatre. There's no way that... Plumbers that just, across the world watching that were like pulling their hair out. Yeah, that, that, that part so was just so... Like, I know she's like getting it on with the giant fish man and that's not realistic, but like that part just in general was so... Yeah, but Stupid. it's about it's about the moment. It's not about the continuity of when the water at home. I, I mean, no. I mean, if you're into the since you're technically kind of your body checked out at this point, really, you're gonna catch more of that continuity errors where mm. someone's already who's actually into it wouldn't really you know judge it up based on that. Yeah. Um. You know, it's a fan. It's a fantasy. You can get away with a little bit of continuity mm-hmm. issues. If I, if I was to do that tonight in my own bathroom, it, it wouldn't be quite as as, as beautifully <laughs> as beautiful looking, and you know. No, uh, you'd probably slip and hit your head on on the sink or something. I'm a landlord would kick me out as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be quite as whimsical. You know? No, no. <laughs> no, I get a paddle and pull. Sort I, sort I think, that out. I think overall, from a technical point of view, it's it, it's pretty spot on. You can't you know fault anything from a sort of a filmmaking point of view. Um, mm. However, I, I would be in the Nula camp regarding um, certain things, um, you know, such as the predictability and stuff. If, she, if she's if she's missing fish, man, why didn't she just jump back in the water? Yeah, like, did she never have the urge? I or did she, she ever she go to a beach? Woman. I know, she but if she went she to the beach, woman. she could have yeah. been like, oh, hey, this, this feels normal. And then her wee gills could be opened. <laughs> Maybe that's why the gills didn't open in the first place because she had amnesia and never really remembered what she was. Yeah, she didn't know she was mm-hmm. a fish woman. Yeah, that makes more sense. And that's why um, when she got it on with his uh, his other guppy, mm-hmm. that's where she kind of knew. Yeah, yeah. 
see the whole part too whenever she's explaining how his bits work. That was just ugh, I know. unnecessary. Yeah. It's like, yeah. stop. He, he found Nemo. <laughs> uh. <laughs> free Willy. It's a free oh, Willy. It's like, this, this isn't needed. Yeah. Uh, I think we need a bigger boat. <laughs> In reality, Octavia Spencer's character should have turned around and called her, you sick fuck. You know? You know? I know. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, baby, you know it's like I, mean? I left you to babysit my goldfish, you animal. <laughs> you thought, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That would be me. That would be uh, like me getting into work, and you know, you're saying, I'm, uh, you know, you're saying to me, you know, so what'd you do at the weekend? Ah, yeah, I had sex with my dog, you know. Oh, fuck. <laughs> be, okay, now you'd be you're, arrested. Now you're taking, now you're taking it to, you know, <laughs> sorry, to a different extreme. I think. I think in con, yeah. I mean, I think you have to be watching some kind of film. Um, with Fishman in it, yeah, yeah, to be able to get away with it. And, and but if it was exactly. a dog, but what, yeah. like if it was a dog person, would that be better? <laughs> that's or a Wolfman. Well, you know, is that any better? Werewolf. That's happened in the movie called The Howling. Yeah, yeah, it know, happened in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula too. Yeah, yeah. So if you're gonna get it on with Wolfman, but you know they're really a person. I don't know. I can't believe we're having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, they get away with it because it, they're they're what do you call it? They're mythical creatures that aren't actually mm. real. You know, um, well, if it was actual real life animals, it's a whole different um, story altogether. But like, there's loads of like um, you know inappropriate stuff in film. I mean, Back to the Future is technically a film about a people oh, yeah. and incest. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, I mean, it's... yeah, but for but for people who really dig deep to say that, that's fucking. I'm more concerned about the people who say that. <laughs> I'm just an overanalyzer. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to make it's supposed to be awkward, not Peter incest and. I mean, that's just. <laughs> I was concerned about where you were going there for a second. But but, but but no, no. On a serious note, you but, should be asking a question. Why is a gay man who's going to has an obsession with pie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bad joke. But Bad uh, joke. no, no. But, uh, but <laughs> Disney, Disney actually, did you know Disney actually um, um, basically rejected Back to the Future because of the incestuous, basically, plotline? <sighs> it's not. It's, okay, let's just, let's just move on. Really well, his mom does fancy him, but she doesn't know that's her son. Yes, I know. But it's more, but yeah. Nothing, still kind God. of like, ugh. George McFly. Yeah, but it's, you're supposed them. to be going, oh, no, you can't do that. But it's not like, yeah, yeah you know, it's not like this perverted. No, it's, like, no, it's, it's handled. Trevor it's handled. just made it sound no, like. No, no, it's just the way I came across. <laughs> no, oh no, it's handled well. It's handled, it's handled very well. Uh, although Fucking George McFly hell. is still a peeping Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's just end this. this is, <laughs> we're done. On, this, on that note. Go <laughs> to strange places. Yeah. Um. I. You know. I. I. I like the film. Um. I like it more than these two did. Um. Because I'm. I've. I have a kind heart. And. Um. I. You know. Are I you saying we don't? <laughs> no. According to Trevor. Um. Back to the Future is about incest. <laughs> and. And according to according to Nula. And according to Nula. Well, I don't remember what you said, Nula, but I'll get you on something later. Hey. Hey. I. I I've been caged. <laughs> on For on that note <laughs> Anyways We're going to wrap this one up Nula, Trevor, thanks for joining me Oh, happy to be here man It was uh, it was an interesting watch oh. <laughs> Great to have you back Nula uh, 
Glad to be here, folks. <laughs> Glad to be um, back. <laughs> okay. No, but listen, thanks, guys. For, thanks for everything. You can follow us on Facebook. You can certainly uh, also follow us at Citizen Frame underscore podcast. Um, the new issue of Phantasm Gloria out is out now. Yes. It is available in all Amazon formats, hardback, or the Kindle version, or locally Ooh. at Belfast at Forbidden Planet. Um, we're going to wrap this one up. Thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, with another tale of something. I don't know what we're <laughs> We'll be back with another fucking I'm going to say. <laughs> As Arnie, uh, uh, to quote the, the great Arnie, um, I'll, we'll be back to sort of the paraphrasing. Yes. There you go. We'll, we'll just do it that way. Um, that's a wrap. Guys, have a good one. Take care. Bye.